the most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saving the greatest country in the world is not a short-term proposition, folks. We can save this great nation, but it's going to take all of us. Why? Because we are America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us, because we're going to tell you the truth. Give you the facts, because we want you to be informed and inspired to help make this a better America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. How you doing today, buddy? Marvelous. So the Supremes haven't ruled on same-sex marriage or the Obama health law yet. Yeah, they had 17 decisions still to make going into today. They made six. Yeah. None of them were, I mean, look, every one of them is important to the people who brought it to the U.S. Supreme Court. You know what I mean. Yeah. But uh, none of them were the landmark uh, ones that we were sort of waiting for, the big cases of this term, one being on gay marriage, the other being on the subsidies and the Obama health law. So they're now down to 11 rulings left in this term. And as early as Monday, we will have a new round of decisions. I think this is my gut from sort of uh, watching the court over these years. Either they'll do one of two things. They'll take, you know, of those 11, maybe issue some on Monday, a few more on Thursday, and then save the final couple for, say, the 29th and 30th right. of June. Or they could try to get everything done next week and get about their business and head out of town on, on their summer break. But uh, as of now, nothing today on the issue of either gay marriage or uh, or the Obama health law. One interesting, the most interesting ruling that they did issue today, Herman, was a case involving the state of Texas. Think about it when you're driving around. Every state has specialty license plates. Sometimes we call right. them vanity. Uh, you know, uh, vanity plates, you can get your own message. But now right. we have these specialty ones where you can, different groups will have their logo or whatever on it. In this case, the uh, there was a group in Texas that wanted to put the Confederate battle flag on a plate. The state of Texas, uh, after a lot of debate, their special commission said, no, you can't do that. Uh, the lower court said that that was wrong. But the U.S. Supreme Court said today, no, the state of Texas, because they regulate what goes on the specialty plates, it's their call. And the First Amendment does not, you know, does not cover what you put on a specialty plate that the government issues. So they said the t state of Texas was legit in rejecting the idea of the Confederate flag on one of those specialty plates. Mm. You could still put a bumper sticker on your car with that, but you can't force the state of Texas to issue a plate that it doesn't want to. And someone actually took that to the Supreme Court. Hey, my friend, there's lots of stuff that goes to the U.S. Supreme Court, <laughs> yes. So 11 cases to go. We'll be back there 10 a.m. Eastern time on Monday to see if anything on the big cases comes out. Right. Now, are the Republicans working on a plan in the event that the Supreme Court strikes down those subsidies? Yeah, they are. And they met behind closed doors yesterday for a while, laying out the basics of a plan. But I'm not sure. It, it, it's not one that they've got, you know, I'm trying to say, already written down and 218 votes. Uh, the, the, there were a couple of different things that were floated. One, I think they are worried that if the subsidies are struck down, what do you do about the people who would, in a sense, then lose their insurance because they don't have their subsidies anymore? One plan that was out there, well, let's pay the uh, subsidy money 
to the states, block grant it to the state legislatures, and have them figure out what to do with the people that bought their insurance through healthcare.gov. So it would be states like your home state of Georgia, Florida, and others that did not set up their own exchange. Or you just tell the people individually, well, we'll still give you the money, and you can figure out how you want to buy your insurance. Now, I would assume that some of that uh, might not get the full support of all Republicans because they are divided about what best is to do. And in a sense, it would continue the Obama health law uh, for an up to two year period. So we got to see. I don't I, I think in theory they agree they need to do something. I'm not sure they've actually agreed on what it should be. Well. I'm not impressed with either one of those ideas, to be honest with well, you. Well, that's the thing, and yeah. I'm not sure there's a. Uh, frankly, I'm not sure there's a good option, Herman. Right. Because let's, uh, you know, first off, Republicans want to get rid of the law, right? So, yep. Yep. let's say the court, just for the sake of argument, right now, let's say the court says, you know what, uh, they wrote the law along. You can't give these uh, uh, these uh, uh, the subsidies to people uh, who bought their insurance through healthcare.gov. Okay, that's fine. So you got this group of people now who might not be able to afford their insurance. What right. do you do with them? Right. I don't think th there's no easy answer, you know, because a lot of Republicans say, what we ought to do now is repeal the law. Well, that's great. You can vote to repeal the law, but it's going to be vetoed. Um, you know, some would argue that, well, you, you just say, let's go back to the way things were before the health law was approved. Well, remember, this would only strike down a little in teensy piece of the health law. Right. So, you know, I, I think the Republicans, this is not meant as a knock on them, but I do think they're still struggling to figure out a way forward and what's next. And in the end, the court may not rule that way against the Obama administration, but I think they want to uh, see that they might be ready for it. When that. you have a disastrous law, and I'm calling it a disastrous law, and you try to retrofit it piecemeal by piecemeal, you end up with something either, that even worse. Frankenstein, yes. Yes, yes. That's, you end up with something even worse. But So let's hope that they continue to wrestle with it. What I... I well, I, I don't know how to get this message to them. What the Republicans ought to do is to use as leverage the desire to help the people where the subsidies were struck down. Now, in other words, find the way to not punish those people at the same time you undo some of the other aspects of it. In that was one of the ideas is. that they would say, okay, we'll block grant the states the money, and then yeah. these people who are getting the subsidies won't have to deal with the employer mandate or the individual yeah, mandate or anything go. else like that. Yes. But that's something I can't see the president accepting. Well, I would agree. Well. He's going to have to accept something if they rule the way they rule. Yeah, or, well, there, yeah, yeah. yeah there's got to be some fix. You're absolutely yes. right. And so there could be leverage really on both sides. I'm not sure either side has full leverage, but you're exactly right, Herman. Uh, that, that's why we've seen such skirmishing of late with the Republicans pointing the finger at the administration and saying, you've got to come up with a plan. Right. And the administration pointing back and saying, no, 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 you're the ones that wanted to do this. You come up with the plan. So the House is going to vote on fast track. Did they make any changes to it? No. Uh, what they've done, and they just approved the rule that governs uh, the uh, the debate on just the fast-track legislation. The vote was 244 to 181, and I think that signals to me they will again have the votes to approve just this plan. What they've done is they reached back into that trade legislation from last week. They have pulled out the part about worker aid, the so-called TAA, Trade right. Adjustment Assistance, yes. something that has been favored over the years mainly by Democrats and the unions. That's aid that would go to workers who work in industries that are negatively impacted by free trade agreements. They've yanked that out. They're just going to vote on fast track. So remember, what fast track does is it says the president can negotiate trade agreements. When he gets them done, he sends them up to the Congress. They have to be looked at for 60 days at least. And then they get voted on straight up or down vote on the, on the House and Senate floor. 
Then what they'll try to do is take another piece of trade legislation. I think there was an African trade and economic opportunity bill that had been approved by the Senate and add that TAA, that worker adjustment assistance, to that bill, which is fairly non-controversial, and see if they can pass it that way and get it all done. As I said last week, I thought it was a major mistake by my colleagues in the news media to declare that the president had suffered a major defeat on trade, because I just felt like that there were ways, parliamentary ways, that you could bring this back up easily, and that's what we're seeing right now. And I, I think it seems like, to me, the fix is in on this, and they will be able to get it through the House and then through the Senate. Again, you are going to have most of the Republicans voting for this. I mean, on the rule, it was a vote of 237 to 1 amongst Republicans to move forward, while the Democrats only 7 voted in favor and 180 voted against. So, uh, again, this this weird upside-down situation where you have the Democrats strenuously opposed to what the president wants to do on trade because they argue it will cost jobs, and the Republicans even more strongly in favor of it, arguing it will create new jobs and new economic growth. Interesting. You've got, uh, did, did I read an article that said that the House Republican leadership uh, real signs, some Republicans who voted against what the leadership wanted to do in this whole mess? Yes, exactly. And from time to time that happens. And it's, it's, I've, I've found the reaction from some people very interesting. I guess having been around this place as long as I have, in fact, it was 35 years ago today that my father dropped me off on Capitol Hill for my very first job and warned me that they don't call it the House of Representatives for nothing. But what you learn around here is that if you're going to be in the leadership or you're going to you know, be in some of the responsible positions under the leadership, there's only so many times you can say to the leadership, yes, sorry, I'm not voting with you on X or Y. And what we've seen, remember earlier this year, we had people who voted against Speaker Boehner lose their spots on the Rules Committee? Yes. Now we've had a couple of people pushed out of the uh, the WHIP organization, which is sort of the starter way into getting into the leadership. And what it boils down to, and I know a lot of people don't agree with it, but you have to have some organization. And if, um, if the boss, if you're the boss and you tell people to do something and they don't do it a bunch of times, what do you usually do with those people? You find a different place for them in the organization. And even some of the people who have been pushed out of these spots have said, you know what, if I were the speaker, I would have done the exact same thing. So, yes, you had some people who on uh, what was, uh, I, I guess, argued for by the speaker and others as an important vote for everybody to stick together, and they crossed the leadership. They lost their position uh, within the WHIP organization. The part we don't hear or read about is the reasons why they voted against it. Because, well, I think they just, you, you know, know, on trade, I think there are a number of Republicans, and we've discussed this many times, who theoretically support free trade, but they don't want to give this administration any you know, type of anything, okay, yeah. just basically anything, even though that this is the same type of authority given to Republican presidents before, they just don't want to do it for this administration. I get that. That's, you know, that's an understandable yeah. argument. But at the same time, uh, you know, the dis there has to be internal discipline. If you run an organ, if you run a business and no, and people are free to not listen to the boss, what do you have, Herman? Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know you. a lot of people don't like Speaker Boehner. And so, therefore, any measure that he takes against any dissenters only, re only reinforces their belief that he is, you know, in their minds, a total loser and they want him out. Uh, but, you know, I don't—look, you can't run an organization like uh, a party within the House of Representatives and have everybody able to freelance all the time. Sometimes the leadership looks you in the eye and says, you have to vote for this no matter what. Right. So you got a gathering of 
presidential hopefuls going to be giving speeches um, on what format? Uh, Ralph what Reed uh, is organizing one of his faith and uh, oh. family freedom uh, gatherings, and that's starting gotcha. today here in D.C. In fact, okay. I think we've got, uh, let's see, it's Marco Rubio, Rand Paul, and Ted Cruz speaking today. Then tomorrow I saw Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, uh, a whole bunch of others. So it, it's not a, I don't think it's a full call of Republican candidates, right. but it'll be a pretty big one for here in D.C. Gotcha. I remember that. I have spoken at that conference, and I can see why many of them would like to go there and speak. Exactly. We can find some room for you still, Herman. Oh, no, 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 no. I have other plans, Jamie, okay? <laughs> I'm a little busy right now. Roger that, buddy. We'll see Rand you tomorrow. Paul has laid, before you go, Rand yeah. Paul has proposed something I've been waiting for to replace the tax code. Yeah, he wants to rip out the IRS code and replace it with a flat tax of 14.5%. That would be on both individual and business income. Yep. So I haven't seen the full details, but it sounds to me like no deductions in it. I think it's just a basic flat tax. Yeah. It's funny because he calls it the fair and flat tax, and of course Neil Bortz and others would would say that their fair tax is a little different. Yep. But yeah, this is uh, one of the first plans, and I as I've always said, I don't understand the reluctance of Republicans and Democrats to roll out plans like this. But you know what? The flat tax, while it's been out there for a while, it's just never received that much support in the Congress. Yeah, you got it. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Hear Herman Cain anytime on demand at HermanCain.com. Share the experience with friends and tell them to click on Cain 24-7. Any plan that starts with replace the tax code I can support I can spring is in full bloom are your finances with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments all with no annual fees or interest with Chime Secure Credit Card you can start improving your credit scores right away get started today at Chime.com build that's Chime.com build Chime feels like progress the Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details.